0: Welcome to Utopian Horizons.
1: Hello, and welcome to Utopian Horizons, a podcast where I cover a different utopia, dystopia, utopian thinker, or movement in each episode. I told you in the last one i did on battle royale video games that i'll be back sooner than usual and here i am just roughly a week or so later uh, with a new episode so that's got to be somewhat of a record for me but um anyway this one is about something that goes right back to this the second podcast i did um on life after capitalism with peter frace where he talked about the importance of returning to time or working hours as a kind of um, rallying point, uh, as something for people to organise around and something that had a great um, political potential. And that is something that has been happening, and that's what this episode is about, which is the four-day working week. To be more specific, there's a campaign in the UK at the moment, a four-day working week campaign, who are um, arguing for for a four-day working week, by which they mean reduced working hours without reduced pay and they're making the various arguments about why this is something that we should be doing, um, why it makes sense, um, aside from the fact, of course, that working less is a good and noble utopian goal. I will say that this is a, a obviously a UK campaign, and the episode is, is quite UK focused in terms of we, what we talked about. But of course, the idea of working less hours is uh, a universal one and does not only apply to the UK. Even if we're giving examples, we're kind of quite often comparatively um making comparisons between the uk and other places about you know why uh about how things are in other places and how how they are here but those arguments that, that the campaign's making for why a, a four-day working week makes sense apply anywhere even if we're using uk's examples so it is kind of a uk focused episode but i just want to say that i think it, it definitely makes sense in this to you know regardless of where you are and this is something um, this idea of, of of trying to create a economic system where we can can work less is, is certainly something that should be universal and i think it's all applies regardless of, of where you are um, to talk to me about the campaign and the arguments for a four-day working week i've invited on aiden harper he is from the four-day working week campaign and he's part of the new economics foundation which is uh, an organization that's trying to attack i suppose the um i say the sarcastically common sense neoliberal economic uh, hegemony and kind of make an argument for a new approach to the to the economy a uh, more progressive more equitable one um and yeah the four-day working week is, is is part of that it comes out of the the new economics foundation i hope you've enjoyed this one i've been i want the podcast to be able to have kind of diversity of subjects and approaches to utopia and utopian thinking so i think it's really cool to have something on like a, a campaign that's in motion at the moment and something that um people you know an, an instance of people actually organizing to create a better world and something that people can get involved get involved with so i'm really happy to yeah do an episode on this one Obviously I really enjoy doing the episodes that I do on like novels and films and games and stuff, but um yeah, I want to have that variety in there, so it's cool to have this, and I'm sure there'll be more episodes in the future taking this kind of approach. Um let me know what you think. Uh pod at gmail.com on Twitter at utopian horizons, and remember to check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash utopian horizons. Um, the support that people give me there is what what helps me to continue doing this, and you can get access to loads of bonus content um on there as well. And you can see what's available if you just go on uh, go on the Patreon and, and have a scroll through the feed. um So yeah, I'll leave you now with past me and my conversation with Aidan. Joining me now is Aidan Harper from the Four Day Week Campaign and the New Economic Foundation. Thank you very much for joining me, Aidan.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: So, uh, obviously, you've come to talk to me about the four-day week campaign. Pretty self-explanatory to an extent. I mean, it's a campaign for a four-day working week. I just wondered if you could tell me a bit about the origin of it and maybe explain a bit about the the New Economics Foundation, what that is, and the the links to the campaign.
0: Mm. Uh, So, to make it clear um, because it's not it isn't always so clear um although although it does sound like exactly what it says on the tin uh the four-day week campaign is about a reduction in working time generally so this Mm -hmm. is not about um condensed hours over four days it's about a reduction in working time to to four days 32 hour or any like 32 hour equivalent and that's without a reduction in pay um which is and, and both of those are often the criticisms we get back Um, against the campaign, which um, it it helps to kind of tell people exactly where we are from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, The campaign is a um, standalone um, independent campaign run by uh, a a number of people in in London um, volunteers who spend their time sort of building materials um, doing uh, some insider influencing within political parties or trade unions Um, and uh, creating, uh, so we've just released a video uh, last week which explains a lot of these arguments in a um, small and digestible uh, video. Uh, The New Economics Foundation are official supporters of the campaign. The New Economics Foundation itself is a think tank based uh, in the UK um, who um, started out initially as an environmental think tank um, based on the ideas of uh, Schumacher. And uh, they've since built um, a kind of a a wide repertoire of work. Um, um, One strand of that um, has historically been working time reduction. Um, And so, I work as a researcher for the New Economics Foundation. And outside of um, the New Economics Foundation, I'm also a campaigner for the four-day week campaign. But there's a lot of crossover in terms of the materials that are used and and the arguments that are put forward
1: okay so there is um uh like you say you've been producing stuff like this video and there is a um for people who want to who want to delve into it there is a a longer report that you can get on the the four day week campaign website which um i've i've been reading and so one of the big things that feels like um is happening that in that report that comes through quite strongly is it feels like a big part of what you're doing is trying to um re like time is that fair to say
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, In some ways, that's the central aim of the um, four-day week campaign itself is to um, show that time itself um, is an incredibly important factor in the economy and in our lives more generally. Um, And yet it's not talked about at all um, in mainstream political discourse. Uh, What we are trying to do is to show the importance of time Uh, within the economy um, and make it something which political parties uh, talk about and campaign on. Um, Indeed, in in many ways, we're bringing back the arguments around the shorter working week, uh, which were so important to early trade unionism um, uh, and and, and politics that existed in in the mid-18th and uh, early 19th century. Indeed, um, the politics of time have always been central to the labor movement up until uh the kind of 60s 70s um uh and 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 since the 80s really it's it, it's it's fallen off the table entirely uh, but i think we're beginning to see um a rapid increase in interest around the idea of working time reduction and within this country specifically the four day working week uh, which is incredibly encouraging but there is still a lot of work to do around it
1: yeah sure yeah going going back back right to like the the, the second episode i did there was a, we had a conversation about um how as you say like the 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 idea of like uh time and reducing working hours was always a big part of uh labor movements so has yeah it completely disappeared in recent years and i think that's why when i came across the four day working week campaign i was really encouraged to see it because i think it's a really Important thing that needs to be rediscovered and reconnected with, and I think it's really a potential rallying point that's got a lot of potential there to kind of get people engaged. I think because it's such a it affects everyone's life in a really tangible way that that everybody can understand, you you know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think a lot of people, one of the reasons that we had a four day week campaign rather than a shorter working week campaign was to create. The idea of this tangible demand um, Mm. that, you know, we all know what a bank holiday weekend feels like Um, we've lived there. You know, it's it's good to to have that, I guess, prefigurative form of uh, alternative working time models, um, Mm. which we can uh I, I guess, I mean, we've just had like a, a, a long bank holiday weekend and everyone's like, well, this is this is great. Let's um, let's have this like more often. And the economy in the world doesn't fall apart whenever we have these bank holiday weekends. Um, and I think they're important to show that there is an alternative form of living and working, uh, which is entirely within our grasp. And the barriers, as we often say, are not economic or technological, but political Mm. Um, and it's about, um, and, and that's why the, 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 the demand, the, the four day week itself is framed as a demand because it's, um, it is a political, uh, thing. Um, and we, and it's about saying we take back what is ours because in many ways our model of working time is, 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 we, we, we live in a system which systematically robs us of the time that we have. Mm. Um, and, and this is a reclaiming of our time and our lives. From the system of work that we um, currently
1: live in. Yeah, to, talking about like the, the uh, barriers. I think that one of the things that comes up in the report as well. You're trying to sort of attack this idea that people have that the five day, the, the kind of model model of work that we have. You know, five days a week, nine to five. It's kind of come to be seen as like a natural thing. Like that's just what mm. work is. That's how. You know, that's just how it is, that's inevitable. Uh, and I think it feels like you in the report, that you're very conscious of that's an idea that's, well, it's an idea that you point out is kind of actually relatively new. Um, it's false and it's one that we need to kind of, that's a hurdle we need to
0: get over. Absolutely. Um, the model of work and talent we have is is neither natural nor inevitable and was created in the specific um, social, historical, political context um, and, and the nine-to-five, uh, five-day week model itself was, you know, created in the 40s, 50s, around the idea of the male breadwinner, uh, usually kind of, you know, working in factories and things like that. Uh, we don't live in that type of society anymore, um, and uh, that particular model of working time is outdated um, and broken, uh, and it's linked to a series of crises that we have in this country. Um, which need to be rapidly addressed, in, in, including um, persistent gender inequalities, um, overwork, mental health work life balance which is um, which is getting worse in many parts of the country, um, and then obviously um, thinking about automation um, and the um, and the inability of of our current model of work to uh, be able to cope with changes in uh, the technological Kind of infrastructure which makes up um, production in this country, mm-hmm. um, so the threat of mass mass unemployment or underemployment certainly the the, the hollowing out of uh, the labor market, um, the creation of lots of uh, what are called kind of like you know low paid insecure work at one end mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then at, at the top an increasingly small or uh, um, amount of well paid secure work. Um, and uh, and that, and that, and that and that's a huge threat to I guess, the social fabric of this country um uh, massive inequality um and these these are things which our current model of working time is not suited for and we need to think rethink work and our model of working time in order to deal with current and uh an impending crises in our economy
1: okay so you, you mentioned there some, yeah, some of the kind of um these elements of of a crisis of work that you've identified. So maybe if we could sort of delve a bit deeper into some of these. So obviously from my perspective, I mean, you're on a podcast about Utopia. Like I don't need to be convinced about like a four day week. That's, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think, I think having more free time in and of itself is that's should be enough of an argument in some sense, but you are identifying various problems that we face and you're, you're kind of showing how, for day we could help help, um, help to address these these things at least. So, so productivity, for example, is we might we may not get through. You know, I, I doubt we'll get through all the things in the report, but, but maybe we could we could touch on on a few of the things. So, productivity is is one of the things that you that's identified as being a sort of an, an area of crisis. So, I guess could you could you explain like what what's the problem with productivity, and the second part to that, the the obvious. I suppose a common critique you're going to face is, well, you want to reduce, you know, people's working time. The work's not going to get done. Um, so perhaps you could, yeah, touch on both those things. What, what's the problem we have with productivity, productivity at the moment, and what do you say to the criticism that, you know, less working time, things aren't going to get produced?
0: Mm. Um, so yeah, what, in the UK, you have what's known as the productivity puzzle, um, which is something that exists across a lot of developed economies. Um, whereby productivity growth has been um, either very slowly growing or or incredibly stagnant um, for th- for the past 30, uh, 35 years or so, um, essentially since uh, Thatcher came in um, and the advent of f- uh, the financialization of developed economies. Uh, and there are uh, many theories as to why we, uh, you know, what are the causes, the root causes of this productivity mm-hmm. puzzle and, uh, and a lot of them are linked to financialization, a lot of them are linked to um, uh, the clampdown on workers' rights and on trade mm-hmm. unions and the essential um, uh, position and role that trade unions have in a well-functioning economy as well as a, a fair and equal society. Uh, and, and what we have in, in our country um, is this growth in, in underemployment in insecure work, in precarious work in the gig economy, um, zero-hour contracts, all the rest of it. And, 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 and these, these are jobs which aren't productive uh, in, in many ways mm-hmm. at all. Uh, but thinking about working time reduction um, and, and where the position of working time comes into this, mm-hmm. we also have a lot of jobs whereby we are treated, uh, which are thought about um, in terms of the amount of hours that you put in equal the amount of output you get out yeah. Um, it's a very kind of the, the idea of viewing the worker as a as a robot, as a machine, as having a constant um, uh, stream of production coming out of it. But of course, we're not machines. We're we're people, mm-hmm. and we are incredibly responsive to our uh, immediate environment. And we can't be productive for um, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve hours a day um, as uh, in a consistent way. Um, And so what we have in this country is we have um, some of the highest amount of uh, full-time working hours in Europe. And yet we we don't seem to be producing any more than other countries. Mm. Uh, And and, and instead, what we have is this rise in what's called presenteeism, whereby people turn up um, to work and don't do any work. Uh, uh, They're often burnt out. Mental health uh, deteriorates. Um, and uh, their ability to work efficiently, effectively, um, also deteriorates. Um, and you know, this not only is this. I mean, more importantly, this is a, a, a crisis a crisis in um, our society in mental health that needs to be rapidly addressed. Um, but from an economic perspective, it doesn't make sense at all either. Um, you're you have a tired, burnt out, and unproductive workforce. Um, but and, and that makes sense logically You know, we can have little thought experiments with that but it also comes across in the statistics when you look and, um, at other countries um, within Europe and you compare them to the UK uh, so if you look at the likes of Germany um, France, the Netherlands um, all of Scandinavia all of these countries work far fewer hours than the UK and yet all of them um, are are more productive and have high levels of gdp per capita
1: yeah i think i've got some um, sorry just talking to you about but just i've got some yeah. um, numbers that i pulled out of the, re- the report that you've produced just for mm. people listening so uh, it says that uk productivity is 26.7 percent below germany's despite them working um, less hours gives the example of, of japan as well um so the uk mm. the uk actually has higher productivity than japan uh 10.6 percent higher but but japan is um yeah, it has a work culture characterized by extreme working hours, and has tens of thousands of workers dying from work every year. So yeah, that as you said, that bears out in the statistics. The the idea that more hours equals more productivity is just not true.
0: Mm, absolutely, and and yeah, Japan is a really interesting example. It has lo- lowest amount of um uh, it has lowest levels of productivity in the G7, and by some distance, mm-hmm. only. Uh, but, but kind of from a UK perspective, they're also the only uh, country in the G7 who has lower productivity than the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, indeed, you're right to look at the, like sort of uh, Germany, whose productivity um, is uh, so much higher than the UK, and to the extent that German workers could down tools on a Thursday afternoon and still have produced just as much as a, a British worker will have by uh, the end of Friday, um, and uh, and yet they work fewer hours than us. Um, and, and so the, the the danger here is 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 not that um, in in terms of the UK economy is that we end up with this Japanese style economy of overwork um, hmm. uh, and 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 completely stagnating productivity. And in fact, the yeah you've, you're right to point to the, this threat of um, this danger of overwork within Japan. Um, I mean the, the the problem is so pervasive that they have their own word for it, which is Kiroshi, which literally translates as death. By overwork um, and that's not an economy that we should be looking to learn from or replicate um, we should instead look to um, our more productive and our more efficient neighbors likes of Germany Netherlands Scandinavia and look at their model of working time and how that fits within the economy um, and and it, and and the point here is it necessary to show that working hours reduction equals higher levels of productivity the point is to show uh, that l- high levels of productivity and um, of GDP per capita can exist and indeed do exist within uh, eco- um, economies whereby people are working fewer hours mm. um, so so part of the point in the report was to not just show this kind of um, this uh, this radical utopian idea um for um, a, a worlds with less work. But, to show that it is a practical response to a series of problems that we currently face, and indeed um there are many cases whereby we are seeing a vast reduction in working times being actualized in the real world. This isn't out of reach um even that far out of reach at all It's something that is is achievable now
1: yeah you do I follow the um the the twitter account and you're' often examples there of companies that are like already adopting four-day working weeks and they're seeing the benefits of it so as you say it's it's not like some like abstract thing it's something that exists and does work so yeah exactly yeah um one of the things that you kind of mentioned there as well was the kind of uh relation to like mental health as well which Mm -hmm. so this is another thing that's identified as being like a really big problem and something that's getting worse in terms of uh, like, increased levels of stress and depression and anxiety, which has been, yeah, increasing in, in recent years. But yeah, I think what you're sort of doing in the report is making kind of a, a dual argument, which is on the, the, the one part, like, there's a humanitarian aspect to it. If you just give people more time off, then obviously they will be less stressed and reduce burnout and so on and so forth. But you're also making the point that it makes, like, even if you're like an evil capitalist who doesn't care about how, you know, mental health of your workers, it still makes sense because, as you say, when people are getting uh, burned out and overworked, they're not producing more. And it, 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 in fact, it might be quite the opposite. It's actually costing costing companies more money than it's making them.
0: Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, The the so within the UK, um, the government's own statistics – uh collecting agency um the health and health and safety executive uh, which collects um statistics around health and safety in the workplace um and they release a yearly report and um for the past um however many 15 20 years um pretty much all um, forms of illness and sickness related within and related to work have been decreasing um steadily um whether it's you know work-related cancers multiskeletal disorders etc all been steadily decreasing except um, Work-related anxiety stress and depression, which has been increasing steadily um, over the past few years um, And to the extent where last year one in four of all sick days um, was a direct result of overwork and the uh, um and the stress anxiety, and depression caused by it um and that's something which that is a currently existing crisis um and we haven't really got the tools within our economy at the moment to be able to deal with that um and we need to look at the role of overwork within uh, mental health um and and from yeah, as you're saying from a humanitarian point of view, we need to address that and say people are struggling uh, people are in crisis. Um, and we need to be able to um, to reduce the pressures of work on these individuals. But also, yeah, from a hard-nosed capitalist perspective, that's really it's really expensive for people to not be turning up at work and being efficient because they're overworked and burnt out. It's really expensive for um, for bosses to um, uh, have high levels of turnover within their organisation. Um, when people leave, and the the the, the fact that they're not doing their work, when pe- new people come in, the recruitment exercise, um, the, the the time it takes people up to get to to train them up and get used to the job, all of these things are uh, matter to the bottom line of an organisation. Um, and so you do have a growing number of organizations who are re- re- realising this and the most famous example being the perpetual guardian Organization that e- exists in New Zealand where they moved um, all of their staff down to a, a four-day week um, without reduction in pay um, and um, And they found yeah that output was maintained and um, that people were happier more loyal um, uh, uh, That well-being increased um, so so yeah, there is. You, you can hold both these arguments in tandem with each other, um, both from a kind of you know a more radical um, point of view about an alternative world, about like addressing kind of social crises and stuff. But you c- you can also at the same time and not necessarily uh, in contradiction to uh, the other arguments, um, have put forward this kind of hard-nosed um, hmm. uh, approach to it. Um, and, and, and this is often so w- when people talk about the history of the weekend and the eight hour day and stuff, um, people will often refer to the likes of Kellogg's and Ford's who um, massively reduced working hours and wa- raised wages because they recognized that well paid, well rested workers were much more efficient um, for their uh, business model um then tired burnt out workers who uh, would often end up in accidents or um, wouldn't do their job particularly well so 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 that yeah but it's an important argument to make to be able to get as many people one side
1: mm, sure. um could, could we uh talk maybe a little bit about automation because i think it's a good example of so there are lots of parts of the report uh gender is another one that you mentioned where you're kind of the four-day week is not presented as like a silver bullet that's like would magically solve all these problems by itself and i think automation is maybe a good example um because you describe it in the report as a promise and a threat so yeah i just wonder if you maybe talk about about automation what's the the promise and threat that we we face and yeah this seems as i said it seems like a good example of where four day weeks going to have to be part of something broader to address that
0: mm. uh, so yeah the around so automation um, and the use of technology in production um, is not a a neutral thing um, it's, it's heavily political um, and uh, influenced by the social historical context it's in mm. um, all the way back to the, the, the Luddites um, in, in England um, and the the reaction of Particular groups around um, the introduction of new technologies, which th- um, threatened their livelihoods, mm-hmm. um, and and, Lu- and and luddites were often, uh, or, and we still use the words in, in a way where people are being anti-progress. Yeah. Actually, the luddites were were deeply political, uh, a deeply political group of people who realised the threat to their own livelihoods um, and lives. Yeah, they weren't. And, uh, they weren't like, they weren't against
1: technology. They were against the technology being used to. Um, yeah
0: so, make them unemployed yeah exactly and, and that and and there's a direct and, and we have to be able to like look at the history of the of luddites um but also the industrialization in the uk and the us and elsewhere and to be able to see what happens when new technologies are introduced when um, offshoring happens um um and and, and to and look at the social consequences of that and uh the we we face um a future of increased automation and and some people say that you know this this form of automation is going to be different this time because it 's not just um, uh, the use of technologies to automate kind of manual tasks mm. um, but uh, but but you have you now have AI um, artificial intelligence and which which can automate certain cognitive tasks. Uh, which really does change things when we think about the impact on 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 jobs. So you have um, you know the likes of you know accountants and paralegals um, who who are now threatened with unemployment um, or at least you know a fundamental change in in their in their jobs um, in a way that you perhaps wouldn't have seen before. Uh, and, uh, and and as AI rapidly increases in its capacity to do these things. Uh, then we don't quite know exactly how big an impact it will have on our economy. Um, we make the case that if we fast forward to the future um, and we don't change anything, then this will result in this um, in, in this dystopic world whereby all the profits from um, new automated technologies will go to the owners of robots, i.e. bosses, um, shareholders, etc., um, rather than to uh to workers who will become uh decreasingly uh the the sense like their power within the workplace their um their ability to to get well paid secure work will um be elip- like eliminated virtually um and it will lead to massive inequality in society mm. we make the case within the report that the proceeds of automation should be shared equally and fairly between um bosses and and and, and workers um, and specifically in the form of working time reduction. Mm. Um, and we've already seen these these arguments being uh, used in trade union negotiations, for example. So the Communication Workers Union, um, who represent 130,000 postal workers in the UK, uh, used exactly those arguments um, uh, when Royal Mail uh, introduced a new parcel packaging uh, system uh, or automated a part of the parcel packaging mm. process. Um, and they said, great, increased productivity, um, we're, all, we're fully behind you automating this. But uh, uh, as part of our negotiations, we want to ensure um, that uh, the proceeds of that, auto- that the increased levels of productivity as a result of the automation are shared fairly and equally with our workers and our members. And they've um, reduced their working week by four hours from 39 to 35 hours mm. um, uh, um, over, over over a period of years. Um, And they've just taken the first hour off that um, four hours. So they're moving steadily towards a 35 hour week um, over the next couple of years um, as a direct response to the kind of politicization of automation within their workplace.
1: Okay, cool. Interesting. Uh, One other thing I wanted to touch on was uh, climate change, which I think um, is kind of uh, difficult to avoid whenever you're talking about anything now. So... This is another area where the, the four day week could help, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely and this and this is probably one of those as well where we need to talk about um uh what other factors we need to change to be able to maximize the benefits of um reduced working hours. Mm. Um so there's a lot of a lot of modelling um and a lot of research has been done around the relationship between working time and um carbon emissions and uh and it has been found that there is a very close link between high working hours and um uh, and and carbon emissions so you have the likes of Juliette Shaw in the US uh or Francois Xavier um, in Europe uh who who've carried out a lot of research and 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 and, and creating models which look at the ratio between working time uh, and carbon emissions um and and this kind of makes sense from if, if we do a bit of thought experiment in, in that um, people who are um, time poor tend to um, do things which are quite energy in- intensive um, and time saving. Mm. So, for example, uh, driving rather than walking and cycling yep. um, or cooking, heating up um, energy intensive frozen food products rather than cooking with fresh ingredients mm-hmm. um or indeed in a in a in a time poor uh, but materially rich society um having limited time to have to spend time with your friends or do hobbies and sports um and instead uh spending your wages on um on energy intensive uh, uh consumable products whether you know televisions uh, cars whatever mm. um and, and and those are all obviously environmentally damaging um I guess what what, where we need to think about you know that this isn't just about working time reduction we also need to think about like what other changes need to be made um, to change consumer behavior in such a way which is more environmentally um, uh, or less environmentally damaging Um, so for example you know carbon taxes um, having uh, decreasing taxes for for things which are um, um, you know climate neutral um, things like Sports, you know, going to the library. Uh, you know, like, uh, there's a series of things which are which can be viewed as um, as environmentally friendly or soft activities. Um, and what's encouraging about this is that these environmentally friendly soft activities, which which take time to be able to engage in, you know, like like I mentioned, you know, it takes time to build relationships, to see friends, to um, come up with a new hobby, to learn a new language, to mm um to uh, spend time with your kids whatever hmm. um, but these these activities it turns out are actually incredibly good for um for our well-being yes. um and um and, and and there is you know there's the, there's this kind of like I guess relatively tired but still very true trope about the, the we live in a very cons, you know fast-paced consumerist society which doesn't breed happiness um it it, it breeds this kind of constant uh, dissatisfaction uh, with, with the world where you're constantly buying things to um, and try and fill a hole which you can't really fill at all. Mm-hmm. But by give, providing ourselves with the time to be able to engage in things that really do matter to us, um, not only uh, will that be very good for the environment, uh, but it will completely transform our mental health and our well-being um, uh, in, in in a way that nothing else really can. Uh, because the basis of human, human happiness um, is, is social um, and and we and, and and social things take time you can't just get them instantly mm. Um you can't just buy them but you need to invest time in them and that's where the four day week working week comes into um, comes into this
1: absolutely um could you, could you maybe talk a little bit about how you'd like to see a, a four day work week implemented because so for example in in the report you you point points out an example of like the potential pitfalls here it gives an example of in France where there was a reduction of working hours from thirty nine hours to thirty five hours but then what ended up happening was that the employers started trying to claw back the time basically so they were more tightly regulating people's time and sort of eliminating you know, people having little chats or whatever, like that was being very much cut down on. And they were trying to find all these way of, yeah, you know, introducing practices that favored speed, uh, and meeting targets and so on and so forth. So yeah, you, you it's, you're, you're really conscious that again, implementing a four day week has to be done within a certain context. If you're going to get the benefits that, that you want from it.
0: Yeah. So, and, and, uh, The way that we talk about the move towards shorter hours is not, you know, not click your fingers and tomorrow everyone's suddenly working a four-day week. What we argue um, is for a managed and steady transition towards a a world of shorter hours, Um, and um, and so that requires um, policy or um, or or a a series of strategies which have that idea of a steady managed transition which and in particular one that protects those on lowest wages the most um and so one of the, the i mean historically the way that we've got towards short of hours has been through um trade unions and the role of trade unions um uh, uh has been essential in in and the reason why we have a weekend and an eight-hour day currently um and unions will um, and have to, must be center of this change as we move into the future. I've already talked about the likes of the CWU but you also have um, Unite have come out and, and said that they're gonna be campaigning on shorter hours um, um, RMT have done for a while um, and, uh, and And they will be front and center of this change, but I think we also have to recognize that there are other avenues for change uh, Whereby we can move towards shorter hours and part of that is for example the business case and, and convincing businesses that short hours makes good business sense um but also there is definitely room for policy here um and thinking about how we can move towards sh- short hours, what are the various mechanisms we can use um to claw back our time, and these could range from you know quite um small but um accumulatively quite sic- significant changes, like the ability to Um, choose time over money in pay negotiations or whenever you get issued a new contract. Um, uh, Indeed for the issuing of all contracts to have the option of a four-day week within it. Um, uh, We also talk about things uh, like generational agreements which is a uh, something that we've looked at in Holland uh, which is a a trade union uh, negotiation whereby Um, Older workers within an organization give up some of their time um, to open up space within the organization um, For young workers to come in and it's called generational agreement because on the one hand um, it um, uh, It it opens up opportunities for young people who might otherwise be um, More likely to be in low-paid insecure work um, in with a kind of apprenticeship position but also um, it stops what's what's called this kind of cliff-edge retirement whereby um, people who are often be working full time that um, for for most of their adult lives suddenly you know retire and then they and then they have nothing to do. they found that so many of their relationships are based in and around work so much of their purpose was in and around work so rather than just suddenly stop working and going through a retirement where you where people often end up quite depressed um and lonely um it creates uh, you can sort of taper off your retirement and and slowly builds a new life outside of work. Uh, which you can retire um, uh, happily into. Um, so, so yeah, you can Im- implement things like generational agreements. Um, or there are ways of, um, as we've sort so- 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 talked about, what's the role of automation here? And, and we've talked about in the report about creating a, uh, a public body, Automation UK, um, which met, looks at levels of automation um, in, in in the economy and ensures that the gains from automation are. Um, shared fairly and equally with workers in the full working time reduction So there's lots of ways and policies that can that we can think about and talk about to be able to get to um, a short working week um, and I guess what we say and what we make clear in the report is that it won't take a single policy or a single change to be able to move towards short hours it will take Um, We have to look at the complexity of time within the economy and look at where we can change particular things to be able to reduce the working week in particular instances, particular particular roles um, and and, and with particular policy tools.
1: One more quick question. Do you get the sense that this this is a, a popular idea? I mean, instinctively, it should be like work less hours but um i feel like there's still might be a bit of an attitude of people like well yeah i'd i'd like to work le- less hours mate, but I by in the real world kind of thing <laughs> like do, do you think this could mm. could for example do you think this could be like a, a viable part of an, a, an election manifesto could it be you know taken seriously and win like pop- popular support?
0: um yeah i think so I, th- I think it will take um it's not something which uh, which you, you you have to assume everyone will immediately want um, because people are worried about, um, and right, rightfully worried about, um, currently existing crises outside of working time. Um, people are worried about the jobs, about pay, about the NHS, about a series of things in, in the society and the economy, which they should be. Um, but it will take um, uh, convincing, um, um, putting forward the arguments like we do in our report, in our video, um, in the media, um, uh, building coalitions of trade unions and political parties and, and, and progressive businesses to, and, and think tanks to, sh- to make the case um, a broad-based uh, uh, case for why we should wo- move towards working hours. But, it's, but the statistics um, are, are already quite encouraging. Um, YouGov released um, a survey a couple of weeks ago which said that Britain's are the most enthusiastic people in Europe for the four day week with 71% of people actively wanting it um but more importantly that's that survey also showed that um british people are also um increasingly convinced of the practicality mm. of a four day week and its ability to improve well-being and productivity and so so there is a lot of space for encouragement and um And in terms of trade unions picking up the cause, um, this is happening at an an increasing rate. Um, We have an increasing amount of businesses within the UK who are thinking about moving towards or trialing shorter hours. Um, And then um, you have the Labour Party who themselves are carrying out uh, uh, an internal review on shorter hours led by uh, Robert Skidelsky, which will be out in the next few months um and so yeah you 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 almost certainly could have uh, a labor manifesto with a shorter working week as part of um as part of that manifesto um so things are really encouraging um there is this growing fervor around the idea of working time reduction uh, which we haven't seen in years um but it will take a lot to push it over the edge um and that's why um you have things like the four day week campaign um, uh, where you have people who who are making the case in, in in a very public way to keep pushing, to keep pushing the cause of short hours, and not assume that short hours will just happen naturally. uh It's always about politicising and repoliticising the issue and pushing it forward uh, and making the demands uh more radical.
1: Absolutely, but yeah, certainly good to see those positive signs there. And yeah, as I say, I think yeah this idea of reducing working time without losing pay is really important and worth worth fighting for and yeah i'd encourage anybody who's interested in that to in this to go there's you can follow at four day underscore week on twitter uh, and there's a website which i think is let me just check four day
0: week 4dayweek.co.uk. 4dayweek.co.uk.
1: yeah um yeah. anything else i've forgotten to mention
0: uh i guess we've got a new video out uh which which is definitely worth a watch which you can find uh either pinned to the top of the twitter profile or on our website
1: cool okay well thank you very much for your time aiden nice one it's pleasures pleasure talking that is the end of my conversation with aiden thank you for listening sorry that the audio quality was a bit lower than usual that's because um well i won't explain exactly why it is because it's boring but um the thing I used to record, I had the, the settings were wrong basically. Um I've changed them now so they're correct. So next time I use that thing to record an episode, it won't happen. But um yeah, I don't think it was too bad anyway, but just to say you might have noticed that the, the audio quality was a bit lower on the on the conversation. So that's why a mistake by me. Um, in terms of the next episode it should be out again relatively soon, I would say expect it in about a week and a half something like that and another one following soon after that as well so yeah I'm going to try and keep up this more regular schedule for the short-term future as long as I can if you'd like me to keep up that regular schedule please consider checking out patreon.com slash utopian horizons and supporting me on there and that will make it possible that potentially make it possible for me to yeah keep up keep up a more regular schedule and also you um, won't even have to wait a week to have Soundcasts to listen to because there's loads of bonus episodes available on there and I um, continue to keep putting them out as well. So yeah, um, please consider recommending the podcast to a friend if you know someone who you think might like it or giving me a review or whatever it is used to listen to this podcast. You can get in touch with me on utopianhorizonspod at gmail.com. You can tweet me at utopianhorizons. You can message me on facebook.com slash utopianhorizons. Thank you for listening and I'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye.